A From Dublin to Cleveland production. And welcome to From Dublin to Cleveland. I am your host, Logan Howard. This is, of course, the 10th episode. A milestone achievement. A round of applause for everyone. Um, yes, we've made it 10 episodes. Uh, Brendan, how are you doing today? How is the... Uh, how is how is it feeling being our tenth episode? <laughs> great, always great, and I absolutely cannot believe that we have been doing this for ten weeks straight. I don't remember the last thing that I have done for ten weeks straight, <laughs> other than breathe. Yeah, yeah, which helps. It has been um, has been quite good, and it's been going well. So, to in honor of our tenth tenth uh, episode. Um, I'm going to open us up with uh, some thing, some phrases that use the, the word 10 or number 10. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is hang 10. Um, so I'm sure a lot of you, uh, I'm just, I'm going to ask Brandon, Brendan quickly, um, what does hang 10 mean? If, if you, you know, what does it mean? I know what Hangman is. It's a really great board game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hang 10. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> hang 10. Is it like the equivalent of, like, you know, Hang 4, which people shout at each other on boats? Um, it it I does know. I assume it's got a... something to do with, like, like killing people. So it has to do with surfing. It's a surfing <laughs> like, thing. Like, um, hanging so, them from trees. Yeah, hanging them from trees, of course. Right. Um, it's a surfing thing. Uh, so a surfer rides with all 10 toes draped over the front edge of the surfboard. Um, so for this to be accomplished, it's necessary for the back end of the board to be in the waves so that the wet water will hold it down. Um, so before you hang 10, you might want to try hanging five, just five you know, toes over the edge. Um, and it's a lot easier. Um, and so Hang 10, it dates back to 1960s. It's the same decade that I, Annette Funcello began starring in a number of beach movies. And I guess that's sort of why they call it Hang 10, is, is something to do with beach movies is why it showed up. <laughs> um, the next expression that I have is yeah, the expression... Yeah, that is totally I what I him. had in mind, yeah. I know, yeah, totally. <laughs> the next expression is, I wouldn't touch it or him with a 10-foot pole. Um, what what do you think that Oh, means, I do Brent? know this one. Yeah, so you don't like someone, you don't trust them, and you're saying is, stay away. <laughs> um, they're a dangerous person, they're dirty, they're not trustworthy, avoid them. Yeah, um, so it conveys contempt or extreme dislike. Originally, a 10-foot pole was simply to measure distance. Uh, the famed 19th century songwriter Stephen Foster used it to describe the depth of a mud hole in his popular song, Camp Town Races, which contains the lyrics, "De blind hoses sticking in the mud hole. <laughs> Can't touch the bottom with a 10-foot pole all the live long day in <laughs> 1884. American author William Dean Howells used the phrase metaphorically, um, in one of his novels, to characterize a person in the declaration, 
Do you suppose a fellow like young Corey, brought up in the way he's been, would touch mineral paint with a 10-foot pole? It was also in the late 19th century that the slangy phrase wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole emerged with a sense of unwillingness to involve oneself with a person or a thing. So that's a 10-foot pole. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to remember any of that by the time I wake up tomorrow morning. <laughs> Uh, the last one is a 10-gallon hat. Something swanky, fancy, pristine. Not something you buy at, like, you know, your local St. Vincent's charity store. Or the second-hand shop. Mm. Okay. 10-gallon <laughs> um, hat has been used to refer <laughs> to a cowboy hat. It's, a cow it's just a cowboy hat in, since the 1900s. The likeliest and most obvious explanation for gallon being used in this way is that the hat, just like the gallon measurement, was extremely large, perhaps the largest hat in the West. Um, but just as the word pint is often used to describe what is smaller than average, as in pint-sized or half-pint, gallon came to signify what's larger than average or even enormous. Large cowboy hats thus became known as 10-gallon hats. Another explanation is that the wide-brim hats worn by cowboys and ranchers were originally decorated with braids at the base of the crown. A Spanish word for braid is galon, and so it is said that it's derived the expression 10-gallon hat, but evidence governing this etymology has yet to be substantiated, so they can't prove that that's why they call it that, but there you go. Those are my, uh, my phrases. Um, words of 10 as we're celebrating the 10th episode. Um, with that, I and will the award over for the giver Brandon. of the most useless information for today goes to <laughs> Woo! Round of applause. I salute you. I salute you. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So you may possibly remember that in our last episode. Logan saw fit to absolutely torture me with American slang idioms and expressions, and I had to guess their meanings. So I think it is only fair that I return the favor by giving him Irish words and phrases, and he has to guess their meaning. So, first one is... <laughs> And this is one he hears me use all the time, but he's never once asked me what it means. Crack. <laughs> Spelling um, is C or A I C. C or A I C. A I C. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna say that it has something to do with uh them being on drugs or stuff like that. Not in Irish, it doesn't. In Irish, it means news, story, information. So, our conversations usually begin with, Ah, oh, well, man, how are you? What the crack? Or, have you any crack? <laughs> that sentence can get you arrested in your homeland. <laughs> have you a story? Have you news? <laughs> you have any okay. newsworthy information <laughs> worth sharing? 
<laughs> but uh, usually, if I feel like I've been talking for too long and I just want to end the sentence, I usually just say something like, and all that crack, <laughs> and all that news, and all that information, and all those stories. Okay. So uh, it's a word we use very expansively, but uh, at its root, it's about uh, fun, newsworthy stories. All right. T-shock. T-shock. The spelling is T-A-O-I-S-E-A-C-H. It looks like Tauisich. It's pronounced T-shock. T-shock. Okay, so T-shock... Um... I'm starting to realize that it's not so much that it makes sense in like English, like because I if I was immediately thinking I would just be like T shock would be like a thunderstorm, a feeling of fear due to a thunderstorm. That that's uh, that's what I would say, um, but I'm guessing that's nowhere near close. So I'm gonna say T shock is that is the feeling the T shock might give you. <laughs> okay, so it's like electricity. <laughs> It's our prime minister. <laughs> our prime oh. minister is called the T-Shock. Interesting. So yes, we tend to feel a lot of shock and need a cup of tea after hearing some of this uh, nonsensical uh, blathering ideas. But uh, he's our prime minister. Alright, um... Shakti Dala. Shakti Dala. The spelling is T E A C H T A I Baba, which is an accent. D A Baba L A. Shakti Dala. Shakti Dala. Shakti Dala. It sounds like they stole it sort of from Spanish. Like, it feels like it's a Spanish tweaking of this word. They went, we'll end it with la, and we'll say it is either French or it is Spanish. We'll say one of, the, one of them. It's, it's sort of like that. Um, I'm going to say it has, like, the, the, like, to teach. So, like, this, to teach someone something. They're actually our members of parliament. Members of Parliament. So the Chakti Dala are the okay. people that we vote into office to help govern the country. Interesting. Interesting. This is one you may possibly have seen an English spelling of. It is Puka. Puka. The spelling is P U Father C A. Puka. Puka. Um, I don't think I have actually. So, uh, I'm gonna say it's like pouch, like something to carry something in a pouch. <laughs> no, it is a ghost. Ghost, puka. Okay. Okay. What about this one? Ban she. Ban she. 
How do you spell it? If you ignore the pause between those two syllables, you should be able to get it without the spelling. Okay. Consider the time of year that it is. Um, you said it was ba Banshee? Is that what you said it was? Yeah. Okay. Um... It's used. It's used over here in America, but I don't know if it means something different. Um, I think it's like we some sort of like wolf, some sort of creature, like a wolf or a um, it's like a wild banshee is how I've heard it termed. But I don't know if that's the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it. Yeah, it's a supernatural creature, because ban. Okay. Which we spell B E A N is a woman. She, as my father, is is whale, wailing. So the wailing woman, if she appears to you and goes, she is wailing okay. because your death is imminent. So uh, the English word comes from Irish. Uh, okay, what about this one? This is probably an, e an easy one. Guardi, Guardi. Full word is Guardi Shiakana. But if you get Guardi, you'll know. Guardi. Um, like, I would, I guess, everything Singular in me Garda. just says it's some. It's somebody who, like, protects other people. So, like, a guard. And it's just the, the Irish thing of it. Very good, yeah. Um, Garda, singular, Gardi, plural. Uh, Gardi, Shiakana. Uh, the protectors, the defenders. Good, yeah. Law enforcement. Uh -huh. Cool. Coupon pay. Coupon pay. Every Irish person's favorite thing. Cup so it's coupon pay? Yep. Um, I'm going to say food. It's some, it's, it's a food related thing. And I'm just going to say it's food in general. <laughs> um, it's not quite food. It, it, it's a liquid though. Cup on tay. Oh, so, so it's ale, like beer. Say it's in like, you know, an American accent or a British accent. Pardon? It's like liquor. <laughs> it's as addictive as liquor. <laughs> so tea. A is cup it of tea? tea. A cup of tea. <laughs> I it see, is tea. I a cup, a cup on day. A cup of tea. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um. Gob. 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 So it's like G-O-B. Pardon? I said it's like, so it's spelled G, like 
G-O-B, or is it spelled differently? Oh, yes, yes, it is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just going to hazard a guess that it means God? <laughs> no, uh, but God has one. <laughs> or three, if you look at that in a certain way. It's mouth. Shut your gob. Shut your mouth. Ah, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Ah, that's a good, strong Irish word. Hooligan. Hooligan. <laughs> we use that over here. It's someone who's like a miscreant, someone who does something that uh, you probably don't want them to be doing. They're just, they're just there and they're not, they're probably not, they're probably doing something illegal or something that's not good. This screen. People should say word more often. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> galore. Galore. The first time I heard, the first time you said that, it sounded like it was the Lord in, and you just said it really fast, but it's galore. So, um, yep. Uh, I don't, I, I, galore. It sounds like um, glory, maybe, is what I would say. No, it means in abundance. In abundance. In Irish, it's okay. spelled G O L E O R, but in English, the spelling is G A L O R E. So, um,. You might say, oh, um, I want money galore. I want lots and lots of money. money, to money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, with this word. Dig. As in, do you dig me? Dig. Ah, dig me. Um, do you, like, get along with me, enjoy my presence, sort of? Is that is that what it means? It means do you understand me? The irony being, okay. we didn't. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll just do a couple more. Um, yeah. Okay, this is one sentence. Dia ditch. And the next sentence is Dia is for a ditch. And if you're feeling really, really cheeky, Dia is for a siesta ditch. I threw him into a ditch, I threw her into a ditch, and I threw her mom into a ditch. <laughs> hey, what that ditch ever do to you? <laughs> you know, up until the up until the third one, you were getting the subjects right anyway. Uh, <laughs> So Dia is God. Ditch is okay. you. So Dia Ditch, God be with you. It's how we say hello. And the appropriate okay. response is Dia is what a ditch. God and Mary be with you. So you're giving them an even bigger hello. But 
if that cheeky rapscallion starts off with a DS Wiraditch, you have to add another person. So, for instance, you might say something like, DS Wiraditch, God, Mary, and Jesus be with you. And if they really want to push your buttons, they might welcome you with the Lord God, Mary, and Jesus. So you'd have to say something like, DS Wiraditch, it's Padrig Ditch. Where you throw St. Patrick into the mix. <laughs> so basically, oh, oh, one up, whatever the first person says, just means hello. <laughs> and uh, that's right, one. One more. One Sloan Nat. Sloan. Um, like, lots of peace. That is not too far off. Lat hmm. is another word for you. Because you okay. cannot say slan ditch. It would be, it has to be, it's got to be slan lat. Certain pronouns go with certain expressions. But um, yeah, slan is health. So health be with you. It's how we say goodbye. So essentially you're saying oh, okay. don't die between today and when we next meet. Interesting. Okay. Good job. Well done. Good. Good. I feel like I did better than expected. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm impressed actually with uh, your rendition of Salon Lats. It's good. <laughs> um, all right. So to end off our time together, we're going to be in Exodus 14 um, verses 1 and 2. Um, so I will read that really quickly for us. Um, now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi Haroth, uh, between Midigal and the sea, opposite Baal Zephron. You shall camp before it by the sea. Period. End of two verses. And you're immediately going, What do all those places have to do with anything? Um, that's the part of the Bible that I skip and I don't read. And I don't pay attention to because it's a bunch of names and I can't pronounce them. And you would be correct. We don't probably don't pronounce them correctly. Um, but this, this, these two voices, these two verses are very important because it, it's God giving the children of Israel some instruction of where to go. Um, now, for those of us who aren't Jewish, we don't have a great idea of where this is. And for those of us who don't live in the Middle East, we don't have an idea of what, you know, what this looks like. Um, but he tells them to go to the Red Sea and camp by these two um, these two places, and these two places are hill are, are like mountain ranges that are uh, along the sides of each side, and there's no good way to ford the Red Sea here. Um, and then there's desert, so it's sort of like desert on one side, mountain on another side, mountain on the other side, and then the sea. And you would you would immediately start to think, why would God lead them here? Because doesn't that seem like a trap? Like, this seems like a place that they shouldn't be, they shouldn't, like, be in, um, and that they don't belong there. Like, God's putting them in a, between a rock and a hard place. Um, and then, of course, as you, as we read down the story, you see that Pharaoh shows up and with his army and goes, hey, we can get them because they're trapped. They can't get away. Um, 
And you would say, yeah, God has put them in a really bad position. Like, what is he doing? You would probably question why he would make this choice. And the reason he puts them here is because only he's the one who can save them from the situation. They aren't getting away by themselves. They can't swim across. They can't get boats because they've just come out of Egypt and they don't have boats. They can't get across this without God intervening. And as if you continue reading the story, it talks about how God helps them to walk across on dry land and parts the sea. A huge miracle that only God can do. We can't, that's not something that science has been able to come up with and refeed it and part waters and so you can walk across on dry land. Only God can do that. Um, so that's, that's the thing that I want everyone to learn from this passage is God puts us in difficult positions sometimes, whether that's through persecution, whether that's through some of our poor choices, um, whether that's just whatever it is, sometimes we are in tough positions and we're tough places and God puts us there for a reason. It isn't for us to, we don't always know what that reason is. Sometimes only he knows. But he puts us there for a reason. And sometimes it's for it, it's for him to do something awesome. Sometimes it's for us to uh, work work our way out of it. But most of the time it's for him to do something awesome and for him to get glory from it. That's the most important thing. Is he gets glory because he gets to show, show and do something awesome that you haven't seen in history before. Um, so that's why I picked those two verses this uh, today whenever you're listening to it. Um, Brendan, anything you'd like to add to it? Yeah, I love that. Um, I say I'm I'm a little bit livid that used the idiom that I wanted to between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> I generally didn't think that you're going to use that before I had a chance, <laughs> and I was like, "Sugar, <laughs> Jesus, what do I say now?" You have this bag. I'm sure you'll just like see my eye twitch or something. Um, you know, you know. I think um, over the last couple of years, as a world, we've been between a rock and a hard place. Uh, you know, with um, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, people calling each other terrorists for no good reason, um, violence, just seeing people go back crap, cray cray. Um, seeing people just fly out the handle and go off the wall, throw sanity to the wind. But honestly, um, from Dublin to Cleveland, from my nation and yours, anyone under the sound of our voices, I want you to be encouraged that God is going to use all of this to his glory. I know right now it just looks like people have gone insane and the lunatics have taken over the asylum. And we're living in very dark days. So many in the body of Christ have just given up. They've <laughs> rolled out their rapture rugs and like, Jesus, take me now. Um, just waiting for it all to end. For the end of days. But honestly, I believe the best days in this earth are still ahead. Because it's at times like this when God shows up. Because he gets the maximum glory. Because no one else can save us. But the Egyptians behind us, with destruction on their minds, mountains on either side, that you can't go over them, you can't go under them, you can't go around them, a Red Sea before you, you've got no boat that, that's going to get you across. So, I encourage you all, 
to focus on what the Lord said to Moses in that situation. The Israelites were freaking out, and the Lord emphasized, Yo, Moses, you still got your staff. Hello. And people, we still have the cross of Jesus. So just as Moses lifted that staff on high, and God moved, I want you all to lift the cross of Jesus high over your situation, over your circumstance, over your predicament, over your nation, and say, God, I speak on behalf of my nation, and I say, God, be glorified. God, I give you permission to work all things together for good. And surely we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, so to close us out today, uh, again, if you need, to, if you'd like to get a hold of us and have some comments or things that you'd like us to, maybe an idea or something you've got, uh, don't hesitate to send us an email to uh, lhawa 62 wgu uh, at, at wgu.edu. Um, if you, we have our website now. Um, we are now on Google and Apple Podcasts, so you can listen to us on those platforms too. Leave us a review on those. Um, and uh, have hope, I hope you all have a wonderful and great rest of your day whenever you're listening to this. Um, anything you'd like to add, Brendan? <laughs> I still can't believe we're on Apple and Google. Like, when did that happen? <laughs> I'm basking. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we will see you all next time, and uh, have a good day. Bye. Bye, friends.